This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, so this is Drinking with Authors Literary Briefs. I am your host, Erica Lance. My co-host today is C.R. Rice, and our phenomenal guest who's going to do an absolute first on Drinking with Authors, P.J. Butler. Let's talk about what we're drinking still, which we probably shouldn't be (laughs) at this stage. But um, I still have, um, it was supposed to be a white Russian, but I had chocolate milk, so I put it in there, and I'm, I'm, as a bartender even, I don't know what it's called, but I'm fucking loving it. CR, what are you (laughs) drinking now? I am on to basically Pepsi Max and and rum. So I'm going to get a little bit excited as I drink my rum. Okay, well that seems very personal. Um, DJ, what are you drinking? I'm actually Googling white Russian but with chocolate milk to see if there's a known answer to that. Is there a known answer to that with your sparkly grandma glasses? With my sparkly grandma glasses. (laughs) Uh, there's a, there's a question posted on a subreddit. Uh, could I make a white Russian with chocolate milk? I think you would probably need Kahlua too. Uh, it wouldn't be a white Russian, but I'm sure you could. Sounds delicious. I don't think there is a name. That's what I'm saying. There's Kahlua. Does it not sit funny in your stomach though? Because the idea of like milk and liquor just like curdles before I can even like imagine bringing it. Liquor does not curdle, um, milk. Yeah, I know. So I think what it is is when I was like 10 years old, I didn't listen to my mom when she said the milk was bad. So like I drank it anyway. So now anytime, like it's the orange juice and milk thing or the brushing your teeth and orange juice thing. Like I just automatically think it's going to like make me sick. It's a good thing you're not drinking it. I'm just, I'm throwing that out there. I'm just why I stick with rum. You can't go wrong with it. This is supposed to be rapid fire questions, and the rapid fire (laughs) question was not supposed to be what do we call Erica's drink? And she doesn't remember the name. You're going to come up with your own name. Okay. Uh, I'm going to call it, um, I I think I'm going to call it a chocolate Russian and just let people assume what's happening there. It's a chocolate Russian. (laughs) That sounds better than the suggestion of brown Russian, which is one of the ask, one of the Redditors. Yeah, no, that has other complications. We're going to let that go. Okay. So um, just to totally break what we normally do here, but we'll come back to it. You are a songwriter and CR asked you to play a song, so we're going to sit back and watch you play a song. Yeah, so in fact, let me, let me tell you kind of a bit about the songs. So if you read, um, a lot of my books have some music in them. This series, this is Witchy Eye, book one of an epic fantasy series, Witchy War, four books are out now. Uh, it has a number of songs in it. Those songs are not just lyrics. They're not a poem. They are songs. They have music to them. I have recorded them. You can buy the songs of witchy eye it is an album uh you you can get spotify to play me i recently got my very first spotify check for 20 dollars. yeah Ooh. yeah i have look I, at you my second professional payment as a songwriter so i'm going to play one of the songs in, that's in here okay okay now, and uh on the recording it's got a harmonica i'll probably just like whistle something approximating the harmonica part so, uh, what is this? Um, Witchy Eye is about Sarah Calhoun, who is a, a talented hexer, 
she's uh, she lives in the Nashville area. She's she's smart. She's funny. She's fiercely loyal. She's also paranoid, xenophobic, and kind of mean. Uh, and on the day of the tobacco fair, imperial officers try to kidnap her, and she discovers she has a secret past. She's the hidden daughter of the dead empress, and her father. Uh, is a, a guy named Kyrus Eleutharius, who was the, the king and war hero of one of the seven mound builder kingdoms of the Ohio. Um, and he, and Kyrus Eleutharius is kind of a legendary figure. He's dead. Um, and uh, and this, this, this song is a song in the book, which Sarah knows is a folk song and then realizes it's about her father, right? Whom she never knew. Okay. A wild beast of the great green wood, the bison, the sloth, and the wolf, learn to hear his footstep and light out in a hurry. Well, his blade was sharp, his arm was strong, his eye was keen, and his shot was long, the lion of Missouri. St. John's knights and the viceroy's men the Hessian, the Greek, and the Turk felt the white-hot fire of the young Cahokian's fury. His blade and his, his blade hard and his aim were true. His will was iron and his soldiers to the lion of Missouri. Against highwaymen, sorcerers, and lawyers and land agents and banks he rode as hangman, circuit judge, and jury. Oh, his slave was sharp and his. Oh. Uh, his. Uh, his cloak was fear and his horse was awe. His look was death and his word was law, the lion of Missouri. In the greenwood now he lies, and from the rocks his enemies all scurry. He left poor mad Hannah all alone, an unmarked grave and an empty throne for the lion of Missouri. He rode as the lion of Missouri. lyric sheet all right <laughs> that's okay we will yeah. pretend that the rum got the best of you that's it that's right it. even yeah. though you're not drinking that you just gotta coast into it exactly. that's okay cr's rum got the best of <laughs> <laughs> okay rapid fire questions rapid fire. okay okay what is your favorite book of all time oh of all time uh it's the lord of the rings why 
Oh, it's so much bigger than people think. Uh, it's so much more personal to Tolkien. Uh, I think it's so much more important. You know, George Martin uh, uh, is a Hollywood guy who's had his career in Hollywood and writes these books that are basically nihilistic. Tolkien fought on the Somme. His friends, his best friends all died in the mud. Uh, and, and he came back and wrote this beautiful book about the importance of free people standing up against the evils of mechanized war. Uh, what, a, what an amazing, beautiful, poetic book. I learn new vocabulary every time I read it. The last time I read it, I learned the word ayat, E-Y-O-T, uh, e which means a little island in a stream. I don't know how I missed it the first 30 times I read the book, but I did. Wow. Okay, cool, cool. What is your least favorite book of all time? Oh, that's a good question. Least favorite book of all time? Yeah, we all have them. We all have them. Um, Man, uh, least favorite book of all time. Uh, well, I will, I don't know. This is maybe not quite an answer. I will say this. I stopped reading the first Game of Thrones book three, uh, two thirds of the way through. Uh, and and, and uh, so I, I'm not sure it's my least favorite because I haven't really read it, but like I hated it enough to stop reading it because I, I thought, I thought um, this guy hates human beings. Like he hates humanity. I don't care what he thinks. I'm not interested in his views anymore. He just like, <laughs> What he sneers at people, and you know, not interested. So uh, I don't know. Maybe that's I don't know if I hate it more than every other book, but that's what I got for now. Okay. What is your guilty pleasure? Like, uh, not necessarily writing involved, but like something that you do that you don't want anybody to know about because we won't share it outside of our little trio. Uh, what is my guilty pleasure? Well, this is not fair, but but I will just say. Uh, so the reason this is not fair is because uh, because we're sort of in a nerd-friendly conversation here. And so not we are. Other, right? So, so this is not going to sound, this might not sound as like weird to you as it will sound to some other people. But I will say this, I paint minis. Uh, oh, wow. So uh, for, you know, uh, tabletop role-playing, uh, I played a lot in high school and I play... That's badass. This is actually holy my, crap. My sort of coolest mini. It's uh two dragon newts, kind of dragon-like humanoids, uh, on the back of a battle triceratops. Uh, That's pretty badass. That's your guilty pleasure out of everything you don't want anybody to know. That's what it is. Okay, like something as awesome as that. We're nerds. We're nerds. I know. Oh, oh, okay. So that's a bad thing. Okay. Like, what is he doing? Uh, I think that's awesome. Giant guy. That's not a guilty pleasure to me. Okay. I know. No, I mean neither. That's the problem. Cr. That's the answer. I know. I know there are musical acts that I would be embarrassed to admit that I like, but now I can't think of what they are. Um, how about this? I love the Britney Spears song, Whoops, I Did It Again. It's, it's oops, I did it again. There's right. no time. Oops, I did it again. Not whoops. But I'm just saying, that's a great song. Uh, I'm not sure I like her <laughs> most, but like that's actually an amazing song. Yes. No, that, that is a good, okay. Next question. What is your favorite book to movie? Oh, um, and you cannot say Lord of the Rings again. Like, yeah, you can't yeah that's, that's, out. Yeah, that, that you're, that's, that's fair. 
is another question going to be what's the book the movie that I hate most? Yeah. Because let me answer that one first because that's easy. Okay. Because one of my very, very favorite books is the, well, series is Susan Cooper's The Darkest Rising Sequence. I read these like over and over as a kid. Uh, and if you don't know them, they're, they're kind of a contemporary fantasy that's like a, it's, it captures Arthurian story and kind of Celtic myth. And there's these three Pevensey children, or is that the Narnia? No, it's, that's the Narnia. There's three siblings, Simon, John, and, or Jane and Barney. And then there's this boy, Will Stanton. Okay, lovely. The movie they made out of The Dark is Rising is so abominably bad. They had a, they had a great cast. Ian McShane is playing the guy who is Merlin. They had some stellar actors, and they completely fargled it up. They put in, like, people doing kung fu, people flying around. It's this lovely kind of dark fantasy, brooding fantasy about kind of, you know, this, this boy who turns 12 and, like, dark forces are suddenly out to get him because he's the last of the old ones. He's the seeker who will gather up the signs and he's a figure of prophecy. It's lovely. It's poetic. The movie has almost nothing to do with the book. They give Will Stanton this twin who's captured in something like a snow globe. Uh, and it's insanely bad. It sounds uh, insanely bad. This is so confusing. It's yes, very it, confusing. It bears only a notional relationship to the um, uh, to, to the uh, uh, to the book. Okay, so if I can't say Lord of the Rings, but what movie adaptation uh, do I like? I thought I thought they did. The BBC did a pretty a good job with Mervyn Peake's Titus Groan and Titus Alone. I think they called it. Oh no, no, it's Titus Groan and Gorman Gast. I think they called it Gorman Gast and Jonathan Reese. The guy who later played King Henry VIII, and he was just in some, he was, played a Nazi in some Norwegian movie I just saw last week, played Steerpike, who's like the evil kitchen boy. They did a great job of, I think, bringing that very difficult kind of story to the screen. Yeah. Hey, what Pike. about a book to TV show? Um, oh, that might have been actually a TV show. That was like five. Oh, no, you got to have a book to movie then. A book to movie. Uh, well, shoot. Uh, okay, hold on. Um, book two movie favorite, not Lord of the Rings. Um, well, you can't say Hobbit either. What's that? I can't say. You no, can't no, say no. The, Hobbit the Hobbit either. The Hobbit's pretty bad, though. The movies of The Hobbit. I mean, the the Rankin and Bass animation is delightful, and that like affected my idea of how I perceive Bilbo, Bilbo with the curly hair. And not just the we'll beard. have to talk about this later because we're doing rapid fire, but we have a problem. What is, what is your you know they didn't even have a script, right? You know that he was just pulling it out of thin air, and that's why you had these long, weird Rube Goldberg machine scenes inside the Erebor. Okay, fine. Um, let, that's just not my favorite. I'm not saying it's bad. I, you know what I really love, and this is, um, is uh, The Sword in the Stone. Which is an adaptation of at least part of the of the novel, The Once and Future King by T. H. White. I don't think it's an adaptation of the whole thing. It's just an adaptation of like the first bit, and I think it, it does a delightful job of capturing the kind of um, whimsy and kind of looking through the north, the fourth wall, but not quite, uh, and making jokes that the uh, you know that the viewer will get, even though the the the, the characters clearly don't get them. Uh, like where Merlin is wearing like polka dot boxers at one point and has the sunglasses on, right? I thought that that's delightful. 
Okay, well, you 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 kind of already answered this, but um, you you didn't finish Game of Thrones. But when you were younger, did you always finish a book regardless of how much you did not enjoy reading what you were reading? Yeah, I had when I became started writing full time seriously, I had to teach myself to stop reading books uh, because I, I would there were books where I'd say, "Look, I don't actually I don't want to read the end. What I want to do is I want to look at the first fifty pages and and figure out what made an agent pick this up." Like what made people respond to this quickly um, or mechanical questions like, so I literally at one point when I sat down to write, uh, I forget which book, I, I wanted to sort of look at the complexity of language. And so I went to the first 50 pages of uh, Rick Riordan's The Lightning Thief and the first 50 pages of the first J.K. Rowling Harry Potter book. And I counted the average commas per sentence to get a sense of how complex is the language, right? But to, to do those kinds of things, you have to be able to read the first 50 pages. And then even if you're liking it, put it down. Because otherwise, you'll just never finish. You'll, and you'll say, I'm doing research for my novel. And you just sit there and read all day. So I had trained myself to do that. Um, and so when I'd written, I'd you know, read like 300 pages in the, uh, in, in the Game of Thrones. Um, and I said, this is, this is, this guy hates people. And it wasn't, by the way, it was not. Uh, it was not the scene where, what's his name, gets killed, Ned something, Stark. Ned, Ned Stark. Stark. Yeah, that wasn't it, right? That was not it. Uh, it's the scene where there's like a woman and she she's breastfeeding her son, but he's like a little too old for it, like he's 10 or something, right? And I was like, okay, George Martin clearly thinks these people are freaks, right? And I was like... That's a little eccentric. I, I not do that, but I don't hate her for it. Like that's not grotesque. And I said, "This is I'm out." So well, that character. Okay. I'll tell you the one thing about. I, uh, here's where I give George. I I enjoy Game of Thrones, but I also found out he's a pantser. He doesn't plot those books, and I mean you can see it a little he's bit. He's my friend. I'm, I'm very <laughs> impressed though with what he does for pantsing. Like. Like for just making shit up as he goes along, because a lot of epic fantasy writers and stuff like that, or fantasy writers in general, there's a reason I don't write fantasy, is I don't want to do the research, nor do I have any interest in keeping that records of the plot sometimes, you know, because a lot of, you know, you do world building, you have to keep records of what you've built and how it works and whatever, whether it's sci-fi or magic, how that all goes and stuff like that. But I love how he writes um, some of the royalty in that book because he does write them very batshit crazy. And there are some really crazy things from our history because of inbreeding and shit like that that royalty has... I'm going to say it, but I didn't know what was appropriate. <laughs> For adults, CR, you can say anything. I was going to say the... the the um, you know the issue with a lot of the royalty and things that nobody touches on is there's a lot of incest and like that causes genetic abnormalities and like it causes issues and he really hit that really well he did hit that okay but what is your um thing that you do as a writer like i feel we all have these little quirks that we do as writers right that editors or somebody is like stop doing that everybody's shrugging Control F, find all the shrugs. You got to remove all the shrugs. What is it that you do as a writer, do you think? Yeah, this is easy. No, I don't have to think. I know because I've had editors tell me to stop doing this and I still sometimes do it. So at a certain point, I, I developed this technique of splitting sentences up 
um, splitting paragraphs up with m dashes to to highlight a phrase. Now, now, why? Well, what I'm really doing is I'm I'm mimicking the way a comic strip panel works. So, like, if in a comic strip panel, like, you know, if someone, uh, I don't know, throws to her ally on the other side of the canyon, throws the whip, right? You have a, a frame where she throws it, and then there's a frame where, like, oh, you're going to miss, and then catch, right? And it's like three images. Where you put it in a sentence, it's easy for a reader, especially if you're kind of skimming, to not have a sense of tension. So I started breaking up some of those with M dashes. And I had at, at Knopf, I had a proofreader who said, please, please stop this. And I said to the editor, well, the proofreader hates it. She says, well, maybe you could just reduce it a little bit. But, uh, but uh, I've had other editors since. I still do it. I like it. It works for me. Uh, I've never had a reader complain. But I've had lots of editors say, oh, you can't do this. This is wrong. You shouldn't do it. Well, you okay. know, you were previously a lawyer in a previous life. And um, I, I have um, a lot of lawyers that I thoroughly enjoy, but most um, annoy the living crap out of me. And um, I, I say that as a 25-year HR professional. But oh. I find that um, they tend to be very verbose. And that whole, like, get paid by the word in previous histories kind of thing. Did you have a hard time with reining in your writing to not be, like, way too many words to say this one thing? So that's an interesting question. I think I, I, I that may have been an issue for me once. I, but what, what happened when, so when Tony Weisskopf finally bought Witchy Eye and she read the book and she, she, and she said, here's your comment letter. And there were a couple of discrete comments like, yeah, you've said this already, delete this. I mean, literally two or three little kind of one focus on a line comment. And there was only one sort of general comment in the book, which was it needs to be shorter. And I kind of looked at it and I said, Ugh, you know, I don't want to delete any characters or change any plot. So I said, okay, I'm going to lean out my prose. And I took the book from 240 to 205,000 words without re removing a single scene or character. And, and mostly without removing any, any paragraphs, mostly I just went through and I found out, wow, there's, there's like a lot of words in here that I don't need. Uh, and, and actually, so going forward, I wrote a lot leaner from then on. Um, and, and also there are like, it changed the way I write. So let me give you an example. Um, I very definitely used to write something like this. Oh, that, that was a tall mountain, he thought, right? But then I realized in this editing process, hey, if it's clear whose point of view in, I'm in, and I say that was, it was a tall mountain, all yeah. that statement can be is the character's thought. That's the only thing it can be is the character noticing it's a tall mountain. I don't need to say comma, he thought, right? And so I basically don't anymore. Uh, and... and um, so it came from that. It came from that that one editorial bit of direction, profoundly okay. in my writing style. That's very cool. I do uh, so wait. I got one. Okay, hold on one second. But I think a lot okay. of people do that with the he said, she said, said, said. He's thought in 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 earnest. He like if writers just go through and take out any indication, trying to describe what's already there. They right. said, they thought, they, right. you know, they a whole lot of adverbs, a whole lot of adverbs. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, CR, go for it. Okay, so super random. As a fantasy author, if you could be any mythical creature, what would you be? Oh, man. Any mythical creature. Any uh, mythical creature. Uh, I would have to be a jackalope. Is that mythical? That's legendary. It's that's legendary, but that's fine. Why a jackalope? Um, it's just so of the place that I'm from. It's just so characteristic out here. You know, you just you don't see jackalopes in Pennsylvania. Where are they? They're in the Western United States, the lower Western United States. That's it. And then here, they're kind of all over the place. Uh, and uh, yeah, would be a jackalope. Okay. <laughs> Very, this is not a very intimidating. This is not a very powerful. Aren't you like a bunny with horns? That's what a jackalope is, right? That's basically what it is. It's a little bit bigger than like like a jackrabbit, but essentially, it's like the size of a deer, but it's a fucking bunny. Okay, this like, is going back to my friend when asked what animal she would be if she could turn into something, said a puffer fish, and I'm like, yes. What do I got to do with that? Yeah, there is literally nothing I can do with that. Yeah. Uh, well, look. Okay. Um, First you know, I'm going to scratch your jackalope. You've got to go to mythical <laughs> creature. Sorry. Okay, okay so... You can't go legendary. And and your question is, what would I choose to be? Not what do I think that I am? Is that right? I don't know. Are they two different answers? Well, since I choose to be a jackalope, apparently they are. So, uh, <laughs> what would I be? Um, I like I like the idea of minotaur. I like... I like uh, a terrific, cool. I am a Taurus. I'm actually six foot seven. I used to be six foot eight, but I'm six foot seven now. Uh, so the idea of banging my head into everything uh, is nothing new to me, or and having people step back. I was walking with a friend on a street in Italy one day. I was six foot eight. He was six foot five, and there was a guy approached us with a newspaper. He was reading. Didn't see us coming. Little little Italian guy, like four and a half feet tall. Looked up the last minute, saw us, said. Mio Dio! And staggered, right? my God! And staggered off into the street because he was he was uh, appalled at the two hulking people. So, um, so yeah, Minotaur. So would you be like the like the Corona Borealis Minotaur where they had to build the maze around him? Do you know constellations? Uh, I do know constellations. Naked Eye Astronomy with my kids is one of our hobbies. So would you be like that relentless Minotaur? Would you be like a nice friendly one? Um, no, I think I would be, I think I would be the deranged, sinister uh, son of the, or, you know, son of the queen, not of the king, locked up in the maze. All uh, right, so we got to find a Theseus. Sacrifices. There is no Theseus, he's dead. <laughs> oh I my goodness. I sent oh. a black ship back to Athens. <laughs> so what things do you do that you think are normal that are not? Oh, that's weird. Um, well, how would I know? Because um, somebody's told you that's not normal. Yeah, like when you talk to somebody and, and you tell them what you did and they're like, what do you mean? Like that kind of thing. Um, I do things that are not normal, but uh, hopefully something is weird. I don't know. I mean, I do things that are not normal on purpose. I'm wearing Thai fisherman pants right now. I, I regularly go to conventions wearing tricorn hats. I have a hat made out of a badger. You want to see that? Hold on. I'll yeah. show you something. Actually, yeah, you're going to bring that out. It's made out of 1.6 badgers because one badger is not big enough. So hold on. I'm going to stand up. You're probably going to see my Thai fisherman pants too, uh, which I, by the way, find utterly normal and very comfortable. They look like jammies. Um, so uh, I, uh, 
Yeah, I, I wear hats as a way to sort of brand myself at conventions. And I've changed the hats over time and had different ones. And I had to have this one made because you can't really get a badger skin hat. This is made out of two actual badger pelts. And only uh, by a guy who goes to, you know, mountain man kind of rallies. Um, and and it's a full pelt. It's basically the badger lying on my head with about half of the badger used to make the cap signs. Wow. Now, thing, I know this is not normal. I really feel like this is like a, a Narnia situation. You remember when she had his head like, on her? So maybe this is maybe this is my guilty pleasure. I don't know. Does this get us into that no, space? This is this is amazing. Okay, what kind of this D &D is different level? What kind of D and D characters did you play then? What was your uh, what's your go to class? Well, I, I, okay. Here's the thing. I have almost always been the DM, and like with my group, I say, you know, hey, okay, we've been playing this campaign. I thought I might DM this one next, but if any of you guys, I'd love to be a player, and they're like, nope, never. So it's always me. Um, I have played D and D two, like as a player or a role playing game. Like maybe, oh no, you know, in high school I played some, uh, but not D and D. Like other things, like cyberpunk uh, or the Amber Diceless role playing game or GURPS. Um, oh, GURPS is the fucking worst. That is the worst fucking game. Yeah. It's you got to so long. Yeah. It is so long. Yeah, no, I have to admit, I've done a lot of nerdy things. I have never played D and D. I actually had to read the little book you gave Erica to like figure out what it was. So I haven't done that. So I don't know anything about what you're talking. about. I know, but I'm not going to introduce you to GURPS because it takes. If how long it would take me to explain GURPS is not worth GURPS. Yeah. Yeah, you have, you have to love the system. and It gives you a lot of theoretical flexibility if you put in the time. Yeah, nobody has that much time ever. Okay, CR, I'm giving you the final question with the badger on the head, so it better be good. I just It's, like, so distracting. I know. Uh, this is your... This the is best the part is time. people are going to have to watch the YouTube to really understand the... You have to fully understand what we're dealing with right now. Okay, so you're a gamer, right? Yes. You're a gamer? Yes. What is the best all-time game in your opinion? So we're talking I'm about talking like games? I'm talking like gaming system. Like what is if you could pull any game out right now, whether it's Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, PC, oh, anything, games. Dreamcast, yes, absolutely. What would you choose? I'm gonna play video games. Like like I yeah, I know, sorry. My I could have told you that was coming. He's got an answer. I he let must, you go down that whole path, CR. Why no. would you do that? Why would you let me walk that whole trail just to end up at a dead end? Well, he has a said. badger on his head. When you said when you said system, I'm thinking you know D and D is a GURPS is a system. Role Masters is a system. Uh, you know, forfeit my question, Erica. What is your question? I don't even know what's going on right now. Well, I have I have an answer, but you're not going to like it very much. Uh, okay. So, uh, so the game that I have played a lot uh, is uh, is the system I played a lot is Wii, and it's and I played a lot. That's a gaming Wii. system, right? That that's the only one. I haven't played anything else, so therefore it is my favorite. Uh, I have played a lot of Super Mario Kart and very little bits of other things like. Uh, and we used to have a 
was it just the original Wii and now there's a Wii U? Does that sound right? I think that's right. That was like 10 years ago, but yes, you're correct. We're going to let it go. It's I think fine. We have, I think we still have a Wii U. <laughs> uh, I've like played uh, um, Smash Bros. once or twice. Uh, and oh, when my kid... Uh, when my when my oldest was young, uh, we played through all of the uh, Wii Lego games. So there's like Wii Lego Batman, Wii Lego Lord of the Rings, Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know. There was like four or five. Played all those. That's like that's the electronic video gaming I have done as an adult. As an adult, but I can I bet you played uh, arcade games. I did play arcade games. I also played. Um, Warcraft 2, not World of Warcraft, never played World of Warcraft, but Warcraft and Starcraft, which is like you're it's you're you're above looking down at the battle map, right? And you're like, put an orc, command the orc to go hit the tree, right? Uh played a lot of that in my uh, I don't know, college, whatever year it was. Um as a kid, there was a there was a um it's still there, actually. It's no. It was a, a laundromat. It is no longer a laundromat. It is a. It's it's now a fried chicken eatery. But um, there was a laundromat across the street from my house, and they had. Uh, they didn't lock the. Um, they didn't lock the front of the arcade, so you could open it and just click the pin and then play. And I think that was deliberate because they just left it that way, and it was owned by one of the local English teachers, Mrs. Oldroyd. And I think also Mr. Oldroyd, though I didn't know him. Um, and uh, and so Asteroids and Ms. Pac-Man. I played a shit ton of Asteroids and Ms. Pac-Man when I was a kid. I played a shit ton of Gauntlet. I well, I like Gauntlet, but I would die fast, and I never had so many quarters. Oh, food badly. Right? Yeah, I, Red Warrior like, is about to die, but it's not worth it. I just it's over yes. in thirty seconds. Yes. No, I um I spent probably more money than I'll ever make this lifetime at Gauntlet. It's fine. It's fine. I supported the gaming industry. There you go. Okay. So now with the badger on your head and all, tell yeah. everybody uh, what the book is that's coming out next for you. Yeah, let me just point out that not only did I play a live song on air, I'm wearing an animal on my head. So that's at least two. No, <laughs> you are literally. First. I, no, I mean, this is like life changing. This is life changing. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Um, my next book is, I think, in May of next year. It's called Abbott in Darkness. It's uh, it's science fiction. Uh, it's not first contact. It's kind of like second contact. It's discovering that the first contact has resulted in an exploited world and sort of trying to make things right. Is one it involves an accountant. So not an accountant. Hold on to your pants. Yeah. John Sanjay Abbott is an accountant. I like it. I like it. Okay. If you could give one piece of advice to writers out there, what would it be? Um, I really like that you did not say uh, aspiring writers. That's really good. Um, okay. I can only say one thing, though. One piece of advice. Uh, it's going to matter a hell of a lot who you know, your, uh, your alliances and your friends. Go out of your way to make friends. Be good to people the uh have an abundance mentality there is no you don't have to beat your friend if your friend wins that's good for you it's okay you know don't don't succumb to envy make friends and help your friends win i love it 
I love it. Okay. And how do people find you not on Facebook and apparently you're banned from Twitter. So how do people find you? <laughs> that is correct. I am. Uh, DavidJohnButler.com is awesome. my website. Awesome. Well, you have been a first in many ways for this show, my friend. And I can't <laughs> wait to meet you in person. Being six foot tall. Oh, yeah. Ah, yes. Yes. Oh, five, four. So, like. He's very tiny. It's fine. But being six foot tall, I understand what you go through for, with your height because they're. Now there are females everywhere that are six feet tall, but we're a, a rare thing back in, back in the day. It was a Wednesday, but it was back in the day. Okay, this has been Drinking With Authors, the Badger on the Head edition. Uh, <laughs> I have been your host, Erica Lance. My co-host has been C.R. Rice, and our amazing guest has been DJ <laughs> Butler. And we will see you guys next time. Thank you. <laughs>